I'm Monica. And I'm Rebecca. We're sisters. And happy Black History Month. Happy February. We skipped over Valentine's Day because we didn't want to do love songs. We Yeah, we just wanted to avoid that. Not because we're bitter or anything. It's just because we didn't, we already we didn't did have it. the capacity. And we did it last year, too. Yeah, we did. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you would really like some Because those songs. are some good hits. Mm-hmm. But this is more important. We're celebrating Black History Month. Yes. And we've got some classics for you. Yes, we're a little late for this episode. But it's better late than never. We have a lot of great songs for you all Mm -hmm. by amazing black artists, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Yes, so any updates? Oh, oh yeah, we skipped over the Grammys too, but it's good that we watched it first, so... I mean, I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah, you didn't. I watched most of it, and by that, I saw all the good parts on Twitter the next day. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. So, first of all, Gaga was hilarious, um... You know, she said a couple things in her speech. I mean, you know, she was just, like, silly and goofy. It was cute. Mm-hmm. But um, that performance was shallow. People were like, why didn't she come out as Allie, the character from A Star is Born? But she was as Gaga, and it was, like, a really rocky rendition. That was, like, one of my favorite things. Yeah, but maybe people need to separate her from, like, that role. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, this is, like, this is too campy. This is Gaga. She's just gonna do it. I think she's campy in general. But maybe, like, she, too campy. she didn't choose to be campy at that point in time. Okay. That Wait. Kermit outfit? The Kermit. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, well, that was the past. This is now. Also, what made her story that night was, like, that crossover of Gaga, Jada Pickett, and um, Michelle, Michelle Obama, Obama and Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. They just, like, all came out looking great in their aesthetics. Right. That was I cool. did see those clips. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think the Grammys, like, everyone's already talked about it already, so let's just talk about Grammy of the Year. I'm Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Although I do believe, you know, Janelle Monet. I mean, that could have been a great win for her, but this is a great win for Casey as well. Kind of really gets her on the map. The only thing I was mad was that people were like, who, who is this? Who is this? It's like, get cultured. But, I think it'd been really cool if Janelle Monet won that record. Well, won that award. Yeah. Her visuals for her album that came out, is they're really great. Yeah. And I think all together, overall. Mm-hmm. And Prince I, even I, worked on that album, Yeah, I too. think it would have been an amazing win for her. I mean, I'm happy for Casey as well. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, I only like one song off of that album, Golden Hour. I mean, well, no, you like all, no, you, you like all of them in this house. Okay. <laughs> I like all of them, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have been cool just to see Janelle win. No. I feel she's like been in the game for yeah. such a long time, and you've seen her grown as an artist overall. Like, yeah, I definitely Even think... as an actress. Mm-hmm. No, That's I'd... just me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Happy for Casey, though, and Golden Hour. And all, like, I mean, she did win the other awards. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the result, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that Janelle Monet did have a little bit more of like the more deserving role. I am very happy about the memes, though, that came out of this award. Yeah, there's some funny uh, memes that came out. Sure, yeah. All right, so let's talk about uh, the shows that we kind of planned this year. Yeah, so we're getting our lineup together for the shows we will be seeing this year. Um, I think the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019 has been kind of like, we've gone to, like, no shows. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, well, noteworthy shows. Right, not not like the big hits. Right, 
well compared to the past like i feel like we've always like been in shows and it's like it's i feel like we've been in a lull or i've been in a lull with mm-hmm. going to shows but we will be going to see liz cooper in the stampede in march mm-hmm. and the, um we went to see her and her band um in evanston mm-hmm. it kind of feels like when, recently we talked about it too yeah in we had August. Her, yeah we ha- well we had her in like two episodes back it was like the new year's one Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about um, when we talked about when we saw her in no, August. No, 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 no. I meant, that, like, we I talked mean, about her a... on the podcast, like yes, a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we saw her in August, so we're excited to see her again. And this next one, I am so excited to see. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna see Liz Cooper in two days after we're oh, gonna see true, each other true. together. That's true. So I'm gonna go to Wisconsin to see her again. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one. The next one. All right, so if you hear, like, the little pitter-patter in the background, that's Ringo. He's just, like, he can't make up his mind of what he wants to do. We'll be seeing Cayetano Veloso in April. He's coming to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, um, wherever they play, with his sons, and they're going to be playing his music. We're very excited. Um, Cayetano Veloso is a musical inspiration for Devedna Banhart, Rodrigo Morante, Mm -hmm. and I believe Wild Bell, because they've done um, a cover of his song before. Um, so we're just really excited to see the man who inspires people that we love. Yeah, I mean, a huge like step for like Tropicalia. I mean, just Brazilian music, you know, mm-hmm. Portuguese language. I know he became like a worldwide superstar in like the eighties. So he's been he's popular. He's mm-hmm. a big big name, big deal. And actually, Monica revealed to me that she is the little Paloma he's talking about in Kuru 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 <laughs> Paloma. Uh-huh. So just so you know. Yeah, it's a Paloma Triste. Um, mm-hmm. That's Monica. Yeah. And what? the show's been on our radar, but we haven't, you know, like, decided, you know, to take the plunge and buy the tickets, but we got our tickets this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The third show we will be seeing is Wild Bell in April. The last time we saw them in Chicago was August 2017. They played in Millennium Park. I wish it, I wish it would have been more. Obviously, but you know what it's like. It's those just sets like are like an hour to like an yeah. hour. Yeah, they did a cover of their a, cover of a remix, mm-hmm. and it was like amazing. Well, they're friends with Tikla, like the DJ, and he like does like dub and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he dubbed like he like made. Uh, it was throw down your guns. Mm-hmm. He made it like just like a a reggae dub song, and then they played that rendition of it. And I told Nelly, I was like, "Girl, you guys played that." She's like, "Yeah, we did." So it was a it was a cute moment. It was a cute well because I was I was genuinely shook. I was like, right. "Wait, hold on, I just remembered this," mm-hmm. and I said it out loud. Yeah, she had like these like really cool like layered velvet pants. I think they were they were either blue or black. Black, and they had stars on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it would very cool. Pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can't wait to see what she wears this time. Exactly. Um. So the first single that they released. Oh, I'm sorry. This year. Um. So they released two singles off of their newest album that will be coming out soon i believe in march, in march. um so the first single that came out is called mockingbird and i'm obsessed you are i think it's you can see how much they've grown as artists you can feel that they have that same passion that they did from their first album they have like the singles with hurricane paralyzed mm-hmm. and then morphine dreamer and mm-hmm. untamed heart so mm-hmm. i interpreted these singles as a rebrand that of course they kept the same world reggae rock style but now it's just like a little bit more edgier and even like the production just seems a lot more full with like new instruments that they're implementing and everything just sounds like more raw like the bass in these two songs are 
gritty and with the lyrics and even Natalie's performance, I think that they're just getting even more comfortable with the music that they really want to have out there. The second track um, from the singles that they released is called Have You Both, and this is different than Mockingbird. I think Mockingbird, you, you hear more of the band, you hear the more of, you know, the fuller sound that Monica's talking about. I think Elliot, I mean, we all know Elliot's a great saxophone player, but I think it really shines in Mockingbird mm-hmm. um, based off these two um, songs that they released. Have You Both is a lot more like chill, like reggae. This is definitely a Natalie piece. This is what I'm talking about, where they're kind of feeling more comfortable writing with whatever they want to do. Uh, of course, Natalie being the person who sings the songs. It's uh, going to be her voice. It's going to be her her interpretation. Yeah. And being the voice of the band. First of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's just uh, being carefree and taking lots of risks with this one. Because this one, we were, sh- both of us were shocked with, you know, like the content of the song. Right. And, but I, I, you know. I really enjoyed it. You know, she's talking about how she's interested, you know, in these two people and she wants to have them both. And just, you know, going back, you know, listening to Isles, their first record, you know, talking about how she's the only girl looking for love. You know, she wants to be that one, you know, now moving forward, you know, she wants these two guys. And I think throughout their history, you see the evolution of writing, not, you know, just like in. I didn't even think of that. You know, in themes, you see that growth. We don't want to talk too much about this album before it's released, but I am going to say a bold statement that I think by far this is going to be my favorite Wild Bell record based on the production. Elliot and his team and like the other members of the band, they really are producing stuff that my ears really like and it's edgy and I like it a lot. I do want to talk about one mainstream artist that kind of has a similar, in my eyes, a similar story. Ariana Grande, she recently released Thank You Next, the album. And what's amazing is that this album was released five months after her previous record, Sweetener, which was up for uh, a couple Grammys as well. And it's just amazing how this is her best record and acclaimed by me. No, no, but seriously, uh, this was also rated high compared to the other records as well, Mm -hmm. based from other music journalists that I've been looking at. Mm -hmm. And... I listened to a little bit of Sweetener, but it doesn't compare, in fact, with, like, lyrical content. Like, the production, emotion, the emotion of the songs, it doesn't compare to any of her other records. This was really heavy on the emotions that she was feeling writing, which I think took a week, and then recording, which took a couple, just more weeks. I think her producers did, like, such an amazing job making, like, all these, like, landscapes for the lyrical content that she had for these songs. And that just amazes me how, in the amount of weeks that this project took, how grand this album is. And with that being said, I just think that we're getting closer to the... I think we've already reached, with this album, we reached what Ariana is capable of doing. I honestly don't really care for the singles that came out of this album. Maybe just Thank You Next because I like the instrumental. But I think the other tracks are way far more superior. And, I mean, the the singles were were like the more commercially, you know, controversial. That's why they were singles. Mm -hmm. But any other track is great. Mm -hmm. Personally, for me, just like my little sidebar story to um, Monica's commentary is that I just think using my favorite things, like that sampling that, like I just think it's so tired. Yeah, no. I just, I don't care for it. And I love that song itself, like 
what it was actually meant to be in the sound of music i enjoy that song i just don't i can't like don't sample it it's even considered like a christmas song it as is well, right? it's like if she dropped that like during christmas time i'd be like okay cool like yeah that makes it. sense mm-hmm, makes sense yeah but i just i can't like don't sample that song mm-hmm. so yeah if if you don't really care for the singles really try to listen to the rest of the album I really enjoyed Thank You Next when it came out. The visuals, I think we said previously, I thought it was going to be different. Um, But overall, really enjoyed that song. I really do like Bloodline. Monica has played that one, like, Mm -hmm. nonstop. And I also enjoyed Ghosting. I think that one was really sad. Yeah. And again, it's sad because of the environment that the producers really Yeah, honestly, like, I think, you know, this album is so deep and it's so impactful. It's because, you know, all of these events that have happened to her so far in life, um... And you know, because was, it wasn't Pharrell producing the record. He's right. a very commercially attractive, you know, guy. And these producers really made it. They had her, but they had her best interests. They, like, they saw the, um, you know, what she wrote and communicated it well with this album. You couldn't have said it better than myself. Hair flip. Our last update that we would like to mention is that West Side Story is coming to Chicago at the Lyric Opera House. Mm-hmm. And we have a family friend of ours whose son, um has been touring with what with you know with a West Side Story company for a very long time so he's going to be coming into town you know in that show mm-hmm. so we're excited to see that in May and if you all like West Side Story we recommend you go see it and now we will begin the music i think we could have not chosen a better theme for Black History Month this is soul we will be starting um our track list uh, chronologically so we will be starting with 1961 with the Marvelettes. Sorry, that is a old record that we have, but a classic. This was the Marvelettes' first and only number one single. Um, so this was Please, Mr. Postman. This is we have this on a forty-five, and it is on the Tamla record label. Mm-hmm. So this was a very popular song, of course, hence being number one. Mm-hmm. It led to famous covers by the Beatles and the Carpenters. In the 70s. I know that the Beatles did personally ask the Marvelettes if they could do the song. Polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Polite. Uh, I'm not sure about the Carpenters, but they got it to number one as, mm-hmm. again. Well, their cover was number one. I also want to say that this was happening during the time of the Vietnam War, so it was very relevant to what was happening. Um, soldiers being out there oh. and, you know. You're right. Their partners writing them letters. Mm-hmm. So the Marvelettes were still in high school when they kind of wanted to pursue being the Marvelettes, but... Um, they actually had to have their own material if they wanted to go in to, I mean, you know, submit a song to the record label. 
And so uh, one of their friends, and even like a friend who was an actual postman helped write the, write the song. So you, then you, you have to have people like know, you know, you have to write what you know about. So that's why they have the postman. Exactly. Do your research. Okay. Right. Um, but they had the research go to them. And so the first time they recorded this was the first time them being in a studio. So, you know, the record label, they picked it up and then it became number one. So that's a cool fact. Monica. And um, another fact is the drums. Aren't they good? They're amazing. They're played by Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Gaye. Yeah, way before he, you know, pursued hit. Well, I mean, I guess he was trying to pursue music, obviously, but you know, he didn't become solo till a little bit later on. So this was one of his first gigs. He was twenty-two. I think it's just amazing how he was in music before he was big. I think the Marvelettes though were one of like the biggest, um, you know, all-girl black girl groups. So I think they really pioneered for you know girl Definitely. groups like the Crystals and the Ronettes. Hell, even like Diana Ross and the Supremes. We're taking a little leap to 1962 with the father of soul, Sam Cooke. That was Twist in the Night Away. Um, It's from the album The Best of Sam Cooke, and this record is on the RCA Victor label. Mm -hmm. So this song reached number one on the R&B Billboard charts, and in the Hot 100, it was number nine. Sam Cooke is actually a fellow Chicagoan. He was born in Mississippi, but moved to Chicago very early in his life, and he was raised there. Here. Yeah, and there's actually a street, they, they named a street after him. Did they? Yes. Where they is did. it? East of 36th Street near Cottage Grove Avenue as Honorary Sam Cooke Way. One of my favorite Sam Cooke songs is You Send Me, and that's what kind of got me into, it, it showed me like the soul side mm-hmm. of music, and I heard, first heard wow. that rendition in Dirty Dancing, Havana, Havana Nights, yeah. where I was like, I really like this song. Mm-hmm. I think it was really. I think that was a beautiful cover too that they had in the movie. Yeah, and even I tried. It was like, even though it was like in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then young me, like try to. Uh, I was like her okay. mini me money. Yeah, her money mini me money mini me. Um, looked up the lyrics. I'm like, what is that song for that movie? And then uh-huh. I looked up the lyrics. I was like, oh, you send me Sam Cooke, and I was like, uh-huh. yes. So that's when how I got introduced to soul music. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think yeah, or at least that's when like I sought it out. The next track is another feel-good favorite of ours. Mm-hmm. This is Oogum Boogum Oogum Boogum Oogum Baby Now Kiss Just Went On Me.
correct title is Oogum Boogum Song by Brenton Wood. And uh, this is actually one of my most prized possessions. I found it recently, and uh, I paid a big price for it. <laughs> but it's a really good... Yeah, notice how I'm laughing, and yeah. Um, what? It, <laughs> it just it took a long time to find this, mm-hmm. and I, I found it in a time where I didn't even know what... I was expecting in this record store. What's and this record store? Uh, Kiss the Sky Records. That's when I went to um, Geneva for work. And then after oh. my work thing, I went here. And like, okay. this, I, I think I talked about this, but like, I hate when record store, well, this is the only record store that this happened in, where you look through the records, there's no price. And then so you take it to the front and then he priced it. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, looked it up on Discogs, like, each each title. Uh-huh. And then, so he put, like, the 10 on this one. I was like, oh, my God. But it's a pristine copy. Eric did a good job on the pressing. Eric uh, label. Yeah, the Eric, Eric Record. Records label. Yeah. Not just, like, some guy named Eric. Right. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just, it has Oogum Boogum, and on the other side is Gimme Little Sign. Those are my two favorite Bretton Woods songs. We'll feature that one at a different time. At a different time. I like the song a lot. It makes me like in a good mood. Sidebar, super sidebar. Like, let's not get into emotions. But I would love to dance to the song with a partner. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a lot of fun. It's a really yeah. sweet song, and like he sprung. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. And, what I. W- mm-hmm. And that's the energy we need to have in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I think what makes the song so cute is the lyrical content. I think it was written with the most pure intentions and genuine performance. And then one more note for this song. This was like the opening track for the movie Love Simon, and I was that's when I re-found the song again. Cuz you know how you have like on and off seasons with songs. Well, I picked it up again and I was like this movie is already me. Our next song in this playlist, I think is the most iconic out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um we won't, we're not going to introduce it. You'll just listen to it. And that was the Jackson 5 with I Want You Back. And this song was released in 1969 on the Motown record label. Um, So we have this track on a 45. A very old 45, as you can tell. Michael became the youngest at 11, the youngest person to be featured on the Billboard charts, number one. So this song was written by the Motown label writers. And before the Jackson 5 were selected, there was a few other contenders um, you know, to perform the song. And among those were Gladys Knight and the Pips and at one point Diana Ross. Uh, I learned the bass line to this song and it's like the most fun I've actually ever had in my life. Of like it's like the mm-hmm. happiness jumps out. It, yes. <laughs> and of course I forgot how to play it. So I will have to relearn it so I can reclaim the happiness again. So Rebecca had like a little speech about the song even before coming up with the theme. She had a little side note about this song 
That is correct. Um, I feel like any song or any like gesture of I want you back, keep it. Like mm-hmm. I cannot. I was telling Monica when I, you know, when we were like, we listened to the song and I said, you know what? Like if somebody ever came back to me and singing that song, I want you back, I'd be like, listen, shut up. <laughs> like I will only take you back if you can morph young Michael into the scenario right now and sing this song on your behalf. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, not, that not that this like, has ever happened or have ever received this kind of gesture, but still, in the off chance, that's the only way. Only young Michael can get you to go back to your... Yes, on their behalf. Only way. This was a Jackson 5's first hit, so I think that kind of goes to show yeah. that Michael has that magic, you know? Mm-hmm. Fun fact, um, when I was like in public health, when I was like doing my program at school, um, we were... Um, we had to do like our capstone projects for you know that year and our capstone projects were all over like the city and one of them was in indiana and we had to travel to gary indiana that's where one of our spots were and we got to see michael jackson's um you know childhood home oh in gary, i indiana. did not know this information about you that you've oh, seen his home my withheld secrets <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. okay we get we cut it because we got too crazy with that we laugh did, we did our next tracks are from the 70s, so kind of look out for that new feel of soul in the direction that it went in. We're starting with one of my favorites of all time, a disco soul track. And that was I'll Be Around by The Spinners. This song was released in 1972 on the Atlantic record label. Originally, this was a B-side for How Could I Let You Get Away, but apparently DJs were playing B-side, I'll Be Around, more, so it eventually became an A-side. As said before, this is one of my all-time favorites, not just disco, not just soul, but all-time favorite tracks. I think it has like a very sad but glamorous aura to it. I don't know if you felt that. I really resonated with that kind of vibe when I first listened to it, so it kind of just stuck with me, and I will be listening to it whenever. Alrighty, so this next one is a classic. It is called Heard It Through the Grapevine, and this is by Marvin Gaye.
So I just wanted to give like the first verse of this song because I mean that's basically the song like right in from the get go. He was very you find uh, it, like you know what's happening. You know what's happening, and just the performance he he already was giving one hundred percent and more. So I on Twitter I recently liked a post and it was uh, the music video I believe, um, and his isolated vocals for the song and just yeah the performance is just amazing and uh, talent like that um, would have been nice to experience firsthand but I guess that's why we have the music and stuff on vinyl to last forever. So after listening you know to this clip and like knowing the song. We thought it'd be a fun idea to dissect the lyrics. I bet you're wondering how I knew about your plans to make me blue. With some other guy you knew before, between the two of us, you know I loved you more. It took me by surprise, okay, I must say. Okay, we're like, say, we're, we're not even like cutting the lyrics, we're just like saying paragraphs. I know. <laughs> I'm reciting the damn thing. <laughs> when I found out yesterday, you don't know that I heard it through the grapevine. Not much longer would you be mine. Oh, I heard it through the grapevine. Oh, I'm just about to lose my mind. That hurts. It does, and the way, that when he says, like, some other guy, like, that's, like, when it kills me. Like, yeah. Because I feel like we've, like, been in that position before. I just... Like, not us, but, like, we as an audience have been through that. Yeah, and I think what the fact that he didn't even hear it from this person themselves, that and they that, heard it through the grapevine. And I think that happens a lot, like, even today. Like, we don't hear it from the exact person. Like, we're not honest with the people that we interact with. Like, they have to hear it from somebody else. That just goes to show how resonant this track still is Mm -hmm. i was telling monica how this song um actually reminds me of um the song that we previously mentioned by wild bell on this episode have you both two different time periods but you can tell you know it's still um have you both is kind of like a part two or mm -hmm. it's just like one of the one of the guys singing it because you know how Mm -hmm. she's arguing for the guys right um so it's like a prequel to this song and i mean at least like She's upfront about it, like, in the song that, you know, she's like, I want you both. Like, I can't choose. Yeah. Um, it's funny how music works like that. It's just all life experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that just reminded me of that. Lastly, um, this song is on the Motown record label, and this is from his greatest hits record. Uh, and the release year was 1973. So, our last track, it, we're going to zoom on over to 1977. This is Rebecca's first time listening to it. What do you think? I liked it. I like the um. I like when any song you know compares women to like mystical mm-hmm. creatures or you know supernatural creatures. Yeah, like so places. Obviously, I like it. 
I was introduced to this song by one of my good friends today. He was like, oh, you never listened to Voyage to Atlantis? I'm like, uh, no. He knows all the good soul tracks. And so he played it and it was kind of a gloomy day, but there was like still like some rain. So it was kind of mystical that night Mm -hmm. and um, it was like starting to become nighttime. And just listening to this track was just like the most soulful, spiritual moment that I have actually ever had. And he was telling me that this was made by the Isley Brothers, which they famously made Twist and Shout and Shout. And I was like, whoa, really? Like how long was their career? They're like, oh, they're still doing stuff today. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I counted, and they have 31 albums from the late 50s and then to 2017. That's interesting. Yeah. Who and, knew? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they're kind of, like, one of, like, the most, like, longest careers in music history. And they've gone, like, through so many eras and decades, of course, like, lots of innovation. So taking a listen just now to this song, uh, hearing that heavy guitar with, like, that smooth beat. Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot today in R&B, and it almost sounds so identical, so they were very much ahead of their time. I just wanted to wrap up my thoughts on the theme, and just to say that what really makes soul is the performance, and what really helps is the lyrical content that has been written from these amazing artists from the black community. I do think that soul is one of the best styles that have ever come out of the music industry. We hope you enjoyed the selection of artists we had on this episode. There are so many more pioneers from this genre we did not feature, but we hope that you can take these suggestions and explore further into soul music and find more black artists who have influenced music and those who still do. Please be sure to continue to support black artists, content creators, business owners, LGBTQIA plus folks, and the black community as a whole. We are Hermanas con Vinyl. You can find us on SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram. We will catch you next time. Have a great week.